Hey everyone, it's Finn here. We record like the first 15 minutes of the episode, which is uh, mainly you for doing a weird bit, but then it turned out that um, we didn't have the main recorder on, but we did have a backup recorder on, so uh, it might sound a bit weird, but uh, just dropping this in at the beginning to let you know it's going to get back to normal after a while, and also don't be too put off by the voice you is doing, it's going to be okay, I promise. <laughs> I think this is a good bit. Oh, like, sure. <laughs> like, I, I agree. <laughs> but also... I, uh, I understand. And, and now we will cut to... Well, hi there, partner. How to do? If Every time I go to do, like, a southern, like, a cowboy voice, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And then I start doing it, I'm like, no, I'm doing Cockney for some reason. And then I just get very sad, so I'm not going to... You you keep going with a bit. Well, yeah, well, my good friend Finn, it is a very strange for you to say such a world-breaking thing in this here saloon, the saloon I call Shartan Sound. I am the owner of this here establishment. My name is Ayutha Shart. And uh, I'm just a regular old uh, saloon patron, Finn uh, Sound Nicholas. Always see you down the corner there playing your cards with old Johnny No Good and old Casper Van Dien yeah. actor. Drinking my sarsaparilla. Now, Finn, I've been thinking a lot about how we exist in the world. About this old town, the town of Deathstroke that we live in. How wild it is. How western. You can barely go outside without seeing cans rattle in the window, a hail of bullets. And I've been thinking, this does not seem to me to be a real place. What say you to this? Yep. <laughs> ah. seems, seems correct. <laughs> oh, a fine. I will continue railroading you. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. The railroad coming through very soon. Gonna change yeah, up a lot of the the cattle business round here. The town of Deathstroke. Now I should be clear that when I say that this here town of Deathstroke, best cowboys you'll ever find. Cowgirls here, they love it here because they don't get the blues. Gus Van Sant. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is the one film in which he is credited uh, as Gus Van Sant Jr. What what are some other Gus Van Sant films you like? Uh, I understand that there is a a lot working against it, and it seems flippant with distance, but I think there's a lot of good thought and craft in Elephant. And, uh, I mean, there's only one canonical version of Psycho, if you ask me. Uh... I wish old Al Hitchcock, Al Hitchcock, shares a name with the mayor here, Deathstroke. Uh, I wish he had had the bravery to not only include a masturbation scene in his version, but also Anthony Perkins. Fine, we can throw a rock hit Anthony Perkins. No, the real wise thing to do when you're looking at a character as weird, as distorted as old Normie Bates is to go, why, why not just fuck this film right up? <laughs> why not? <laughs> to cast a psycho, we must make to be pejorative, I apologize, the psycho decision. And that's just cast Vince Vaughn, a wedding crasher, why the fuck not? What about uh, 
for Private Idaho one? What do you think about that one? My own private Idaho. Yeah, it's named after that song. Uh, I've not seen it, but everything it's a good I, song, I'm, though, I'm right? yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm everything I'm aware. Um, uh, there's one thing I love more than hanging people, uh, which is a lot. It's well, how yeah. their heads continue to talk afterwards. No, that's B52s. Oh, you're never okay. Let me tell you here. I live in a world here, this wild west world. I may be a simple bartender, <laughs> and I like dropping some truth bombs. <laughs> yeah. All my patriots. Oh, that, the only sort of bomb I like to drop more is the is the nuclear bomb that I drop from a B fifty two. Okay. Uh, the only thing I disagree with you on there is that I am the proprietor of this establishment. Yeah, I was doing an impression of you. Oh, you were mocking me, sir. No, I was doing do a, I need to no. see you outside, sir? Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. I believe, I believe that people saying imitation is the sincerest form of flattery is much like when people say to a loved one, you know, there are different kinds of intelligence, which is both are coded ways of saying, I think you're stupid. Now, I want to clarify within this double fried bean of a town death stroke. The when I say it is fictional, it is not. You know, may know of a town two towns over. You may think this is the most western town. No, there's a town two towns over that I call Westworld. And now that's a simulated world. You see, when you go down there, you see James Marsden and say, hey, good work in Sonic. And Tandy Newton, you say, hey. Oh, you don't bet Westworld. Not, not, the, not the proper one. Well. I, I would get to Yul Brenner, yeah, but thou- and, and Richard Benjamin. Ah, yes, who, who we just who we discussed uh, about five hours ago. Whose name I uh, no name doubt would have recalled about yeah. five hours ago. But that's a simulation and a fiction. But within that simulated fiction, those ro- robotic beings, uh, uh, the the world still exists. If you know what I mean. Now I'm talking about the fact that this. <laughs> Uh, Finn here just looked at himself in the mirror, I believe, to check if he was still extant. <laughs> and what did you discover, my friend? Uh, hanging on. <laughs> now there, Finn, my lad, my boy, my favourite patron. <laughs> I gotta ask you, I believe that this wild west world in which we reside... I believe it is a legend dreamt up by a group largely, but not wholly made up of racists in America to give some kind of founding myth. such as John Favreau. <laughs> when you take into account that one of them is Scarlett Johansson, you could easily argue that every villain <laughs> in the Jungle Book is played by a person of color. Ah, uh, that's a good joke. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, um... Yeah. I thought you were going to do a joke about Chef, but yeah. You could have- but I, I just like Chef. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just having a good time. He uh, wants people I to I just like how the tweets show up on the screen and then fly away. I think not many movies have fully figured out how to show people using social media, but that one I think got a pretty much down pat. I've just been. The thing I consider a lot is that we live in a world outside of this wild and western world that is within a wider dream space, idea space, that is largely occupied by us, 
genuine Americans. Ooh, yeah, voices like molasses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw. And uh, we take up so much of that space, that idea space out there in the world, that there could even be two pokey little white boys down there. And I don't know, what's the worst place in the world? Oakland, New Zealand, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Where, you know, Hobbit Town, soon to be Cowboy Bebopsville. Yeah, they just damn near finished filming Cowboy Bebop the next. Flick series starring John Cho down in Old Claim, New Zealand. Really? Yeah, they did. I've and I've not heard anything about this. Really? Well, yeah. you, you're the one who don't know, and I can only hope that since we uh, uh, went to celebrate the release of the first Load of the Rings film, as you may remember. Yeah, as a porn parody, right? Load of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I presume there were many. When you've got the word ring in there, words like fellowship, towers, <laughs> return, king, hobbit, journey, schmog, desolation. <laughs> All of those are so ripe for pornographic yeah, parody. You do the hobbit, the orgy of the five armies. <laughs> the horn bit, the orgy <laughs> of the five hornies. <laughs> That <laughs> uh, was not. I thought I had something, and it slipped from my mind like quicksilver. And when I snap my fingers, <laughs> no, no, oh no, I, I'm midpoint, oh, Frank. You got more of his bit to do. You may remember. You may remember that when the first load of the Rings film was released, Wellington, the former capital of New Zealand, it's a pokey little town that's now best known as a hotspot <laughs> and a national park for. Geysers of feces. Yeah, no, it's New Zealand's biggest water park. <laughs> yeah. The the local newspaper of Wellin Town when Lord of the Rings released renamed itself the Middle Earth Post for, I believe, two weeks. And I just hope that when Cowboy Bebop drops, the New Zealand Herald renames itself the Cowboy Bebop Herald and all our money is remade into Wulongs. <laughs> and we are all sent to, to hunt bounties across the stars. And then, most importantly, that all restaurants are forced to serve only one thing, beef and black beans, without any black beans, like they eat in the first episode of very good animated series, a Cowboy Bebop. Now, the thing is, the Cowboy Bebop is a, is a bit... No, it's a, it's a show that extrapolates a myth. It takes this myth in which we live, this foundational myth of the idea of the roots of, a, of America, America coming from noble men fighting their way across the world. Riding bay horses through Monument Valley. Yeah. Looking noble and all such. Things that at best just simply did not happen. We do not exist. I may be looking at you here, my saloon shot and sound. But we are but fictions. Look, I stared my hands, and when I concentrate long enough, I see them just burn, turn into light. And I look up and I see that the whiteness of my skin is but the whiteness of a blank page being written by some myth maker. Monument Valley itself, 
Nothing but a series of increasingly elaborate matte paintings <laughs> in oh. the archives of a Warner Brothers vault. Oh, Matt Painton, he's the local calligrapher. Two doors <laughs> down if you need something calligraphed. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, as we all live in the idea space of America, even those boys down, uh, it is interesting to, to look in, I would think, from afar upon this Western myth and see how it has evolved and how it has changed and what it means and if it means anything at all so i have procured <laughs> in two films one by howard hawks not howard hughes howard hawks not howard hawks howard hughes tricture even, even it's though howard it is hawks. easy to confuse the two because much like a hawk howard hughes spent a lot of his time in the sky <laughs> As did Howard Hawks, and they worked together on Scarred Face, a film about my wife. <laughs> what the fuck? She's got a scarred face. It's the look at her, look across this room. Look over there at Dill Billinger and, and old Captain Woodnut McCrack over there. We all got scarred faces. Scarface is a, was is an odd thing to call a film in the West because we we all got scarred faces. Yep. I even just seen- like how John Favreau and Chef. Has scars on his fingers because of all the cooking he's done. The, even I believe if I what if I told you uh, there was a film called Also as I call him Jean Favreau like he's <laughs> French. Oh way oh, oui. <laughs> <laughs> there's a film called Cowboys vs. Aliens that's so committed to the it's idea Cowboys of, and Aliens. No versus Nope. It's an ampersand. I'll give one moment while I use my memory and nothing else to confirm this. I'm going to recline while he does this, confident in the fact that I'm fucking right. <laughs> well, now there, my friend Finn, it very much seems like you have once again bettered me when it comes to the knowledge of where ampersands lie. Exactly. I've never once lost to you in this game. <laughs> now, 40 years of playing. Well, yeah, we lay down a few fingers uh, of the finest gut writing. We drink him, lose our minds, and say, Now, Mr. and Mrs. Smith stone up Mr. Bradley, Co- Bradley Pitt and Miss Ange- Angel Jolie. <laughs> Ampersand or the word and? This is, a, this is a tough one. I Is it different on the title and the poster? Uh, not as far as I can tell okay. from my solid <laughs> memory. Uh, I think it, I... Uh, I I think it's an and, not an ampersand. <laughs> oh, 40 years, 40 years, but finally, <laughs> I'm victorious. I mean, you, you, you didn't even stake out a position on that one. You just asked me. No, I, you were just wrong. <laughs> well, because I knew the answer because of my memory, which I call Wikipedia, <laughs> because it is wicked and helps me walk, Pedia. Oh, those guys full of centipedes. Oh, that's You're- also an acceptable mm. joke using those set of <laughs> syllables. <laughs> I was very worried for a moment there. A lot of terrible things happening in the world. <laughs> Any who in the film Cowboys ampersand aliens, uh, there's even an alien with a scar. That is how committed to the Western myth Mr. Jean Favreau <laughs> is. So I've bought these two films. 
one being cowboys and aliens. I forgot. I have to tell you right then, I was about to say verses, and I stopped myself. It's so hard to show restraint in the West. Those who show restraint get restrained by death. They're shot in shootouts. They're always happening. Yeehaw. And the first being 1959's Rio Bravo by Howard Hawks, not Howard Hughes, Howard Hawks. Now, Howard Hawks, Howard Hughes, got you there, it's Howard Hawks, starring absolutely my favorite star of the stage and screen, Ricky Nelson. <laughs> Ricky Nelson. He's such a sprightly young pixie boy, I would have loved to see him traverse the role of Ariel in Will Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Drama Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can I just say for no particular reason a random sequence of words that uh, speaking to you like this I very much understand how people become addicted to improv (laughs) and much like much like all other forms of substance abuse I instantly realized why it's wrong (laughs) I mean (laughs) uh, um, uh, it also stars Jonathan Wayne uh, um, a man who, he, hello there, my name's Jonathan Wayne, and I gotta tell you that because I'm a red-blooded American, I inexplicably love that thick-headed, monotonic man whose face could no more bear emotion <laughs> as a rock shaved into a woman could bear a child. <laughs> And, and Dean Martin's in it. And I thought we could watch him and reflect on maybe how they speak to the idol. What it is to be inside a culture, as we are, uh, and, and absorb it. And what it is for others to see the, the rancid pickings of the American psyche. Yeah, so... uh, uh if if anyone got lost in what their bit was, <laughs> Yufa was saying uh, he's got two movies about about the West, and we should watch them. I mean, talk about like how they how they reflect on uh, uh, on on the American mythology of the Wild West. Hello and welcome to Shine and Sound, the podcast where two comedians and an old west bartender watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode, we watched number 68 on the Sight and Sound list, Rio Bravo, Howard Hawks' classic western about a tough guy, an old man, a kid, a drunk, and a woman fighting off some outsiders with uh, very sharp facial features. Our second film this week is Cowboys and Aliens, John Favreau's classic western about etc. I don't really have much to say about either movie. Yeah, this like the, this, I think this is probably the least attention we've paid to movies I, so far. Like, like I, I paid so little attention that I feel like I did Rio Bravo a disservice. If I was to rewatch it, which I will eventually, I doubt that I'll love it, but I will at least be able to have like some sort of opinion on it, which I don't think I can today. I I I feel like I paid a little more attention than you, yeah. which is uh, not a not so much a brag as it is a a horrific condemn con, con, condemnation. No, 
No, no. Com- condom nation. Come to whom number? Do 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 do. Um, I I like the thing with both of these films. The point of that <laughs> intro is that the West is such a set of tropes yeah. like and, and and this is not to look on the past and say ah oh, check out the past all their films were identical because obviously they weren't and like yeah starting with rio bravo like i i in the build-up to watching into watching rio bravo i realized i had only seen one howard hawks film which is um the Big Sleep. No, His Girl Friday. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Uh, no, I've seen I've seen other noirs from around it, and I have seen Maltese Falcon. Right. A- and I can't. But there was a thing tickling in my brain that was like, I think I might have seen Scarface. Um, but if all my memories of Scarface are actually from The Public Enemy, yeah. Um, which is um, kind of different. But go and so I was like, I can take a you know, I'm I'm in the middle of a massive emotional. Crisis crisis yeah. well what else is there to do but play stardew valley for a day and watch like uh, i watched four um howard hawks films i watched big sleep bringing up baby gentleman fur blondes and scarface and i've also just realized looking at this i've seen the thing slash the thing from another right, world yeah. even though there is uh, a great and storied debate on whether it's kind of a babe situation where it is like did Howard Hawks actually direct it or was he just a very hands-on producer? Yeah. Who, 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 who was the other person? It was his editor of the time. Oh, okay. Uh, whose name is Christian Nyby. Uh, and and it, it very much seems like it, it, it's one of those things where there's actually never going to be a real answer right, on it. Yeah. Like with Babe. Mm. Because everyone there was like, yeah, well, the director directed and then talked to the producer and kind of seemed to always do what the producer said, right? you know? And, like, the thing that is interesting is is that, like, there is such a variety across Hawks' body of work. Yeah. Uh, and that, like, Bringing Out Baby is kind of the most screwball, screwball comedy of all time. And just that was my great, wonderful discovery. And the thing I want to gift to to everyone is I, I, I just don't think there's a dark day that couldn't be brightened by by bringing up baby just watching Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn just screw around and then like have to find a cheetah that's called baby and that it's all because and then a dog runs away with a dinosaur bone and it is very much in the best way feels like like the adult version of children's television <laughs> um but like that yeah that's a screwball comedy the big sleepers the er noir yeah. in a way almost to its fault. Scarface is kind of the er, early gangster film, almost to a fault. Gentlemen Prefer Blonde is like, you watch that film and realize that there are only five songs in it, but each of those songs, which uh, uh, Hawks did not direct, he just left his choreographer to dance the song bits, but they're the bits everyone remembers. Diamonds are a girl's best friend are like iconic. Mm. And you've seen them and like when in Hail Caesar, they're parodying music numbers like what they're parodying is the music numbers and gentlemen prefer blondes. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I thought about watching Red River, but I was like, no, I want to see his take on on the cowboy, on the Western, which is a, a genre he returned to a bunch of times. Um, but the the thing that struck me is that it it's cut is that because he was such because he was such a 
big director and so many of his films were big successes and commercial successes. Tellingly, he started as a producer within the film industry. Well, like that was his first major right, yeah. position of power. Um, there is a sense of the edges being sanded off for them. And like the way that the big sleep is a noir is that it is kind of like a noir in the way that uh, Thor Ragnarok is a superhero film where you're like, you're doing this great, fine, but you are doing these genre rules because that is what a successful film looks like today, you know? Um, and I, and, and the same is true with Scarface and the same is, uh, I think, especially true of Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which is a film where a lot of its uh, excitement comes from like playing with the tension of being a musical. Um, and I was like, will a Western directed by him be like that? Especially because Westerns are the superhero films of the time. For, yeah. for 20 years, every other film was a Western. And I, th- yeah, my, my big Rio Bravo take is this is a incredibly well-made boilerplate Western. And because I don't have a direct affinity and in fact have some antipathy towards like the myth that is the west i i just like i paid enough attention for them to be like well now you're the you're the drunk round here in this town now you better sober up and he's like okay cool so he'll sober up win a fight but then he'll be tempted to drink again and his hand will shake while he's holding the thing and then the guys will come and he'll shoot someone and it's just like and it's just so and it's it is an incredibly well done western Mm. but like the the problem with Thor Ragnarok uh, isn't that it's a superhero film. Uh, it is the problem is that it's a superhero film in a in a world where both Speed Racer, which is a superhero film, like and uh, like in all the ways that matter. And it's also a noir. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's every genre. Yeah, but I think like if you and, and like. Nolan's Dark Knight films exist. So you have the versions that are like, here is it purified with vision put through it, Mm. as opposed to someone like, here is someone who has like gone, I'm going to take all the ingredients to make cookies and I am going to make you the best cookie or the weirdest cookie. And I will do that by baking it my way. And it's still technically a cookie. Warner Brothers can still fucking sell it. Um, but like Thor Ragnarok and Rio Bravo are someone going like, okay, so we're making a shitload of money out of cookies. Okay, I'll do a new cookie. Uh, can you pass me a chocolate cookie? Okay, give me some, I don't know, caramel icing. Uh, and I'll write on it, Rio Bravo. It's technically a new cookie, right? And it's still a good cookie. Oh, I've realized the thing that will make my metaphor clear is is that is that the the Dark Knight and Speed okay, Racer. So the thing about the icing is <laughs> uh, the- of, of westerns are like Leone westerns, right? Yeah, right? yeah. Where it is just this pure distillation that, in many ways, codifies and regurgitates many of the tropes, but always in such a distinct way with such their own personality. Yeah. Um, and, and even John Ford westerns, which I have a less, um. Uh, positive relationship in in a lot of ways, but I think are like singular visions. Mm. Whereas Howard Hawks is the most journeyman auteur uh, in a lot of ways, or the most auteur journeyman. Yeah. Um, and it's. You, <laughs> am I losing my mind? Um, I. Uh, 
I I don't know if I can be an objective, uh, <laughs> but like as a metaphor, yeah. am, I, am I what, sure, is sure. what I'm trying to express? I, I I think it follows, but I might also, <laughs> yeah, but have have just been yeah. gone, and uh, and like, what is your John Wayne take? Uh, yeah, like I I I've seen I think like three three John Wayne movies now. Uh, I almost didn't realize he was in Stagecoach when I watched it. Like he he just made no impact on me. I think uh, uh, last year I saw uh, the the man who shot Liberty Valance, and I thought like I thought he was really good in that. And I was like, okay, I still like get what the John Wayne thing is here. Like it makes sense in this movie. I mean, in in Rio Bravo, probably because I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention, but who can tell? I was like, yeah, it's John Wayne. I was I could, like now I've seen him do this before. Yeah, in a movie I think is better. Yeah, it's not not. Not it's not like super it's not super interesting to me. Yeah. But my my John Wayne thing is I just don't get the appeal from John Wayne, mm. and like my whole intro kind of came out of being like I want to try and work out how you can get John Wayne because enough people whose opinions I respect, you know, put him up there as one of the icons of the screen. Yeah. Um. When I just see him as like a flat affectless. Yeah, and very few people see him like not just as like a like great like kind of totem of of like America, but also yeah. there are lots of people who think he's a good actor. And I'm not I'm not coming here to be like this is a call out post. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Wayne is a bad actor, and I think part of it is that whether true or not, you believe your creation myths, you mm. know, uh, and seeing John Wayne as like an icon of your false creation myth um it is i think bakes him into your psyche as as an american Mm. or or a certain kind of american in a way and that you are much more ready to engage with uh, and trust both the nuance that he gives in performance and also the perform the nuance that films give his performance. He he's a fil- he's a ca- actor who is so often less doing um, uh, uh, different things in films as films are heavily recontextualizing him. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Um, and I don't I don't think the the answer to this to see him in a Howard Hawks film because it is kind of instead of the most it. it it, it's kind of the er uh, instead of the most uh, um, John Wayne. Let, uh, we can The plot is real quick. Let's just run through it. So there's a town. Okay, so there are these cows. Who's looking after these cows? Okay. Have you heard of boys? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a town. The name, Lost to History. <laughs> yeah, no way to find out. Slipped away as the sands of time. Uh, the like, sheriff of the town. Yeah. Jonathan Wayne. Yeah. Father of Bruce Wayne. <laughs> uh, he is trying to arrest a guy called Joe, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's trying to arrest a guy called Joe in a bar. Uh, and he is uh, he, he, he is helped by someone called Dude. Uh, that's not his title. That's his name. His yeah. name. Uh, Obviously, an inspiration for the Coen Brothers. Uh, uh, this guy is played by Dean Martin. He's a drunk because uh, his like wife left him or some shit. Whatever, get it, get over it. Yeah, he arrests this guy Joe, throws him in jail. Then there's another two hours of movie. You take it, Yufa. 
they yeah no they arrest Joe who is uh the 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 child of a local uh gang leader leader of right. a, a posse and essentially the um over time the leader comes along and is like you release my son and oh, Joe's no, his brother it's his brother yeah yeah, younger brother, right? Uh, and, and it's like you release my brother, and John Wayne is like, "I won't do." Yeah, no, he says, "I am not a crook." <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, I do not have sexual relations with him. And then it's like, "Oh, so yeah, let, let's have a fight." Um, and then it's all about getting a team together to have the fight, uh, and then. He, you know, one mm-hmm. what, uh, the it, dude it, is drunk. Can we sober him up? And so here's the thing: it takes the exact same amount. It takes the exact same amount of time to get the team together as Seven Samurai does. Yeah, but uh, also Seven Samurai has uh, an extra hour on the back end and uh, is uh, better. I mean, uh, we'll we'll get to the <laughs> we'll seven, get to Seven Seven Samurai eventually. My one major complaint about the Seven Samurai uh, is, uh, like Blake Seven, th- there's no one point in the film where there are seven officially recognized samurai. Yep, um, just, just like just like Ocean's Eight or Two Thousand and One: A Space Odyssey. Yeah, uh, and also a jaunty chance, which is uh, John Wayne's character. Um, also, uh, there's a lady in town who he you know, spars with, and she's very much, uh, an, another brassy, brassy. She's Angie Dickinson's, yeah. uh, um, who I don't, I don't know why, like a, an actor of a clay man or work, mm. uh, uh, who, who's, who's done much good work. And she does a great job of being kind of Howard Hawks is in many ways, greatest contribution to cinema is the idea of the Hawksian woman. And mm. that this, uh, kind of, no, and not a feminist like not like absolutely not at all like vocally no, what, not a feminist watch his girl friday <laughs> yeah um but he he was like see see an hour and a half of a woman being browbeaten into falling in love with her ex-husband like his idea of comedy is like slightly nervous or incredibly stoic men interacting with women who just don't give a shit. Yeah. Like who are just like, yeah, whatever I'll do what I want. Like bringing up baby is entirely about Cary Grant being like slightly uh, nebbish and like, I can't see without my glasses and Catherine Hepburn just being, just, just, just just throwing like, (laughs) just, 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 just like throwing a predatory cat at people. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, but like having a great time doing it. Yeah. And, and I think that at the time, some of the success was people being like, Howard, you're right. Women, Women. they do be shopping. But now, <laughs> now you watch it and you're like, I oh, fuck yeah. Like, so like that is why a gentleman preferred blondes is more than just, um, a set of great musical numbers is that so much of it is, uh, uh, is Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell. They're just being like, ah, I want a man, but mainly for diamonds. And her being like, you're crazy for doing that. I'm just going to go hang out by the pool with an Olympic swimming team. And I, I think the film is supposed to be like, huh, check it. Like the, what are these women doing? Not being secretaries while you're like, they're living their best lives. I wish I could be you, you know? Um, and Angie Dickinson as the character of Feathers. <laughs> oh, really? That's her name? Yeah. There, there's an interesting thing in that her and John T. Chance, Jonathan Wayne's character, which is very much in the Hawksian woman mode of him being like, you better help. Uh, like, she's like, I'll, I'll help you fight. And, and she helps fighting, um, which, which we'll get to in a sec. 
all the helping. There is also a scene in this movie, which is probably the, the like quintessential like Hawksian woman scene, where John Wayne believes that, she, that she's like stolen some cards who are being used in a card game, and he's telling her like, "You got to give these cards back, Pilgrim." Yeah, and 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 she's like, "If I'm." If you want my cards back, you're gonna have to search me. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 she's she's just like being like too like overtly like sexual with him and just making him uncomfortable. Yeah, and like and that's be like, oh, okay, so John Wayne's like an incel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but it always and I like the big sleeper. It it, it builds to me like, why are you being such a flibberty gibbet? And she's like, well, I'm in love with you, of course. <laughs> and he goes like, well, I'm in love with you, and you're just like. Oh, I do not. I don't know. Want to be one of Howard Hawks? I think two to five wives. Um, I and think, that, that, and that's why the only believable romance in the Big Sleep is the bookshop scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he uh, uh, she offers to help, and uh, he's like, I cut like the cutting your jib. But she's one of many people who offer to help while he's you know getting this posse together mm. to to fight the guys who are coming, and he refuses now, a let, lot let, of let's, people. Let's, let's who's in this posse. <laughs> yeah, it's John T. Chance. Yeah, it's dude it's stumpy it's colorado it's all your favorite boys yeah colorado is uh, a local uh a youth uh he's not local he's just passing through yeah. but he is like a ranch hand working with the local cattle baron uh, who, who was like coming through town at the beginning of a movie and then he wants a life of adventure and to be a cowboy and stuff and so he he uh, joins up and then uh, Stumpy is the uh, uh, is is the is like sheriff's deputy, yeah, uh, played by a man who looks uh, exactly like Jim Broadbent, yeah, Walter and, Brennan, yeah. Oh, is that Walter Brennan? Yeah, okay. And he sounds like Jim Broadbent doing like a weird like western accent. And, and I know what you're thinking: is Stumpy a harsh name? And I'm here to tell you, not as much as you think, but still, yes. <laughs> like there's something very Stumple about him. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's a real stump all over Bailey. Um, but for both John Wayne and uh, Howard Hawks, this film was a response to High Noon. High Noon, a film I have a lot of time for because it looks at the Western myth and complexifies it and goes like, what would, like, the real response to situations like this would not be icy John Wayne cool. It would be panic and the desperate searching for help as time ticks into oblivion yeah uh and, and howard hawks and john wayne saw that film and were like we don't like that he would just take any help that the western myth is about men who just kind of get it done and don't care about it and at the end they fall in love with a woman yeah, and so and that's why larry the cable guy was the first cowboy because he invented getting it done <laughs> Uh, and seeing and, and knowing that going into this, I will admit, predisposed me against the film, uh, uh, and not simply because I like High Noon, but I feel like, and I, I this is probably like the unfairness of watching films in a modern setting as opposed to the time for them. But like, for me, it, it like the absolute wrong answer to, to seeing high noon, a film that is like this situation, what is the emotional reality of it? Like what, it, what is the real feeling of it? What would you do? How desperate would you need to be? The response to that, whether personal or creative should not be hard nut. Yeah. Which is essentially what this film is. And essentially, the response isn't to like look at Gary Cooper and High Noon and say, "Go do a couple laps." <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and I like as, as someone with a, a very uh, tumultuous relationship to masculinity, 
I I just found it very easy. And and I like I kept trying to be like, I'm gonna come in with you, Rio Bravo, because I can understand. You know, I know Leone westerns. I know Ford westerns. Yeah, I understand that you can do stories very distinctly in this mold that also question them or heighten them to the point where you're just telling a fairy tale and yep. no one looks at a fairy tale and is like, oh, you're right. The solution to my problems about my lack of self uh, is to be swallowed by a whale because Pinocchio is the person who I, communicates that to me. Um, but I, yeah, I just think this film is a power fantasy and like the craft of it is good, but it's still just a chocolate cookie with caramel on it, you know? Yeah, and the caramel says Rio Bravo. <laughs> And, uh, and the 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 baking soda that's um <laughs> the baking soda is stumpy obviously yeah, uh, no the baking soda that it gives doesn't it taste a good rise, on its own but it's integral to the to a larger piece it's when is when they sing uh, is because of course uh, what's his name who played the kiddo R- R- Ricky Ricky Nelson Ricky Nelson was Playing a teen Colorado. idol yeah. yeah uh, uh, at the time, and Dean Martin were, was famous for being a rodent, yep. uh, and so they both. You got to give them a chance part of the to whole say, pack of them. What a pack of rodents? Why are they called the the Rat Pack and not the Rat King? Because <laughs> uh, I don't think Rat Kings took up as as large a place in the cultural <laughs> mythos in the in the nineteen fifties as they do currently. God, it must have been terrible we're, to live in the past. We're, we're, like, I respect you wanting to give this film another chance. Mm. Uh, but I also, uh, yeah, it's shite is what I want to get to. Right. And, and I don't think it, it's, I, I don't think it's shite in an actual like youther, the truther. Hey, everyone come check out, uh, people are wrong. Rio Bravo, you know, yeah. but Rio Bravo is out of focus. <laughs> all the sound is out of sync. Oh, it turns out I, and yeah, so, uh, all I the think written, all the written words, uh, we ramble scrambled up and I keep smelling burnt toast. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that this might be a good time to like, to talk about what we both mean when we call a movie shite or sound. Because I think, like, very many episodes where we have, like, vastly different interpretations of what shite and sound mean. But I think, I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'm not saying we, we have to, like, talk about <laughs> so we, so we can have the same idea. Yeah. But, like, well, yeah, no, it, like, in the, and I think it shifts. Mm, uh, right. Cause I, cause for me, I, me calling this film shy is me saying that, that. Like, you, you, you don't agree with its place in, like, the, 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 like, canon of, of, of great films. And, and, and part of that is that it is abjectly not to my taste. Mm. And part of that is that I, uh, think that there are many films, even within the genre, even like I do not have a lot of love for the searches, but again, yeah. we'll talk about that in a year. But like, I think when you are creating myths like this that are we know now so damaging and based on just a genocide, hatred, fear, uh, toxic masculinity, and racism, yeah, I don't think it is at all enough to just do it well right yeah uh and and, it, and and it's like and i think i think it is enough to do it the best it's ever been which is leone or ford hmm. uh, and but that is because by hitting the pinnacle of something or such a heightened form you can you open up things within it like yeah. part of for me the default of something being the clear high watermark is that it speaks to it whereas yeah this is this isn't even Iron Man 3, it's Thor 2. 
you know it's just another one within the machine yeah. and i yeah it's it is not that i'm like i don't think it should be on this list i don't personally think it should be on this list part of but like part of me is like i don't understand like i don't understand why it's on this list because it just like there are so many like more films and like yeah yeah you know like we're looking at a hundred out of a list of 250 like they're just yeah, they're like we have a leone westerns that aren't on this list that i put on the list over this and and it's that uh, it's and i think just so much of it is that the the icons especially of hawks martin and um wayne are so big within the american psyche yeah you know that that you and like that's fair like i when when i see bick runger singing uh, i i i have an affinity for her that is beyond her to be clear prodigious talent you know like yeah when we saw sam neil yeah in, yeah in, in, in escape plan you're like oh yeah come on because kind of like sam neil is our john wayne that's not controversial <laughs> to say like yeah. but but who who else could who who else could tell you the memoirs of an invisible man? <laughs> who else can be Damien, the yeah. president? I yeah, believe and, or CEO. And, no, he's the president in in in, in Omen Three. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and it is just, I don't have that, mm. and I because of the other issues around westerns, absolutely don't care enough to get into it. Like I am not going to put the time and effort into learning to care about John Wayne, a man who played Genghis Khan. It's called The Conqueror. Okay. And it stars John Wayne as Mongol Conqueror Genghis Khan. Okay. Produced by Howard Hughes. Mm. Not Howard Hawks. Howard Hughes. Not Howard Hughes. Howard Hawks. Just tricked you. It's Howard Hughes. The The Conqueror was directed by Dick Powell. Yep. Oh, shit. He was in a bunch of musicals and stuff in the 30s. He was in, like, most of Busby Berkeley's movies. Oh. He was in 42nd Street and Dames. So when, of like that. So when you call things shite and sound wild. Dick, Dick Powell was the, <laughs> was the person who originated the song I Only Have Eyes For You. Oh. Good job, Dick Powell. Uh, so what do you think about? What do you talk about when you talk about love? What do you talk about when you talk about whether films are shy or sound? Usually it's just as simple as, did I like it or not? Yeah. If I gave it like a seven or above on Letterboxd, I'm, I'm calling something sound. Except for the Snyder Cut, which I gave three stars on Letterboxd, but still uh, called it sound. Yeah, but like this, I think this, the yeah. Snyder Cut is a good three star film, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, 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 that- Unlike Godzilla vs. Kong, which is a bad three stars. Can I tell you what my other pitch for this was Yeah, in my brain was that I, I would force us to immediately in like two minutes go like, okay, Rio Bravo, guys come into a house. John Wayne, don't get him. Shit, sound, shit, sound. Cowboys versus aliens. They're cowboys. They're aliens. Um, Daniel Craig's kind of wasted. Harrison Ford's really phoning it in. Oh, yeah. it's the kid from uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, the live film. Uh, sad. Oh, he's probably while. She's dead. Oh, she's alive again. Oh, she's yeah, dead yeah. now. Yeah. Shit, oh. sound, shit, Oh, sound. everyone's got dead, uh, gold poisoning. And and then just be like, so, Godzilla v. Kong. <laughs> because I... Look, we'll talk about in the Shine and Sound Showdown. I just... <laughs> no, yeah. if, well, that, that, that's winning in every category. But like... What, like will we i i I won't yeah i i just don't because i've i like a lot of the effects i think the effects look really good yeah i I like the i like the design of hong kong 
well, like neon and stuff. Yeah. I think I think that looks real cool. And I like the fact that they put King Kong in Hong Kong. That's fun. Yeah, it's uh, just Kong. He's not. He's not King. Sure. Because uh, they're saving it up to do it. Because every, every time I see him in Hong Kong, it reminds me of the classic uh, John Hodgman joke from from uh, from his book uh, "More Information Than You Require." He saw like a, a headline from the 1930s said. King Kong plays ping pong in Hong Kong with his ding dong. <laughs> and it says, this will be King Kong's only trip to Hong Kong in his short and tragic life. <laughs> but it is like, with the exception of Brian Tyree Henry, Rebecca Hall, the the little girl, mm. not Millie Brown. No, sorry, the, the other one. The other one, the, the, the one who speaks sign language. Yeah. Um, those are the things in the film that I think are sincerely good. Mm. And I like a lot about the rest of the film, like almost deliberately because it is bad. Right, like in yeah. a way where I'm li- like, do you- <laughs> to continue food metaphors, do you like thrifty? I don't know what that is. Thrifty uh, cordial. Uh, it's cheap, highly concentrated, highly chemically uh, formula. It's a staple of most uh, uh, sane Aotearoa and children's uh, uh, childhoods. Uh, And it has this very specific like chemical burn to it. That is, it's not good. Uh, But when I drink it now, nostalgically, you know, when we were 10, we would do shots of it concentrated as dares. I just made a grimace face to that. Yeah. As if when I was a child, I didn't drink like shot glass style cups full of maple syrup. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. Uh, and uh, so it is like like a scene. If, if, if someone listening has never had a shot glass of maple syrup. Yeah. It's a good way to spend a couple hours. And so like spoilers for Godzilla versus Kong, um, uh, skip ahead a minute. So when there's a reveal that um, Mecha Godzilla is being psychically piloted from inside one of King Ghidorah's three skulls yeah. in a room that is otherwise completely white, my brain at the same moment goes like, this is the single greatest moment in all of cinema. And also my brain blacks out and goes, how dare you absorb this? The, like read a book. Yeah. So I, I, I saw Godzilla, uh, uh, I saw Godzilla versus Kong with, with, with my friends, Ben and Josh. We, we, we saw it in IMAX and, uh, after the movie, uh, we're all talking about it. And, uh, the, uh, I think Josh, as we were leaving said, uh, uh, I cannot remember a single character's name, and then I proceeded to uh, name uh, most of the characters in the movie. But then, when when when, when uh, a a feat I could no longer accomplish because it's been like uh, five days since I saw it, and uh, yeah. all that information is gone. But uh, when we when we got outside, uh, we're, we're all talking, and Ben and Josh were like talking about how it was their favorite movie of the year so far. And okay, they were aware that Minari is out, right? The, the, it's the only movie they've seen this year. Uh, it's the only new, new new release movie we've seen this year. Have you seen No Man Land? No. Promising Young Woman? Uh, I, I think I think Josh might have seen Promising Young Woman last year. The Witches? <laughs> I'm the only person who saw The Witches. They didn't see Tom and Jerry. <laughs> no. Even though they were such a big You're hit. You're telling me that YouTuber Ben McGugan, prominent YouTuber Ben McGugan. He's good. Check he, him sincerely. He, sincerely, Ben McGugan makes very good YouTube videos. Yeah, they're great. Check them out. Um, McGug- we'll have him on an episode one day. Uh, and, and Josh Davies. 
I like very, very good comedian. Got to show him the upcoming uh, 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 New Zealand International Comedy Festival. Um, I, He's up for the Billy T Award. Yeah, and, and I believe he did that show in the French Festival last year, mm. and I saw it, and it was. Yeah, it's a show called Look, yeah. I'm Blind. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yes, I did go see a movie with a blind guy. He's the main person I see movies with apart from you for. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they, they, they were talking about how it was their favorite movie of the year. And they asked me, so where's it on your list, Finn? And I said, uh, uh, it, it's, 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 a, it's a number seven at the moment. And they said, oh, of how many? I said, of seven. And then uh, every time I've seen either of them since then, they've said, have you changed your mind yet? Have you put it at number one where it belongs? And I said, no, I've in fact seen more new release movies since then and it's gone lower. <laughs> yeah. And they get very mad at me. But just see, just see Minari. Yeah. Just see, like, what a, oh, come on. God, I love that film. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, see, see Judas and the Black Messiah. Hey, Finn. Yes, you were. So uh, you don't really have an opinion on Rio Bravo, and, and my my reluctance uh, to engage with it uh, is more uh, kind of political than a direct speaking to the quality. I just, you know, mm. um, the water from a tainted well may taste good, but it's uh, still from a poison well. I, I also just want to take a moment and be like, I think Angie Dickinson does a great job right. uh, uh, as a Hawksian woman in this. Okay, but do you want to uh, hear a negative review uh, yeah, from sure. Letterboxd? This Why not? is a one-star review from Alana Ringo. I cannot see why people would enjoy this film. Or why John Wayne is such an iconic cowboy. He looks like a fat child, dressed up and playing guns with his friends through the whole movie. Now, I think it would actually be good to watch a fat child dress up and play yeah, guns with your friends. It, for it night. Would, be... Have you seen, there's a great music video, I think, for a French band where it is kids playing, like, shooting dress up, like, cow, quote, unquote, cowboys, cowboys and, and Indians. Indians. Um... Uh, but they have and an, like gangsters, but they have animated over the top, making it real uh, realistic. No, I haven't seen. Okay, that. so that's good. I like Alana Ringo, Letterboxd user. Okay. Do you want to guess their top four sure. films? One is another western. Uh, spaghetti or normal? No, it's spaghetti western. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Ding. The next is a foundational text within kind of teen rom coms, starring a Cusack. No, starring both Cusacks. Oh, uh, say anything. Ding. Uh, the next one is is uh, a is very much a capital C classic. Um, my memory is liking it very much. Uh, it's about someone who's looking their way in the world, considers entering plastics. Uh, the graduates. Yeah. Uh, the next is about, um, is a recent release um, uh, by kind of a, a star uh, trying to make his return for the seventh or eighth time. Um, and, I, I have to admit I've not seen it, but there's one thing I'm sure about, and that's the name of the lead character. Mank. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Trombo. No. Fuck. Um. But, like, there's an ambiguity. When I see a film called Joker or Mank or Trumbo, mm. I'm like, is that a character's name? I need exterior proof. I want a title. Lawrence Foster Jenkins. I want a title that gives me the character's name and confirms for me that that is the character's name 
Oh, my, my name is Dolomite. No, Dolomite, Do- is, Dolomite my name. is my name. Yeah, yeah. ding! So, um, Cowboys and Aliens by Jean Favreau is a Western film where aliens turn up yep. and uh, the standard it takes West- two different genres, Westerns, sci-fi, smashes them together, loses the good parts of both of them. Well, I, I don't think like... Uh, 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 like there, there are academics doing a better job at this, um, but to briefly attempt a sketch of like the authorship of Favreau, I do not think it loses the best parts of both genres. I think that like the way Favreau works post made as a director uh, is looking at things he likes and then taking all the things he likes about a thing he likes and putting them into a film. Yeah. Right. Like his, his, uh, um, like it is telling that Iron Man two, uh, directorially is just all the most fun bits of Iron Man turned all the way up. Yeah. Zathura gestures so flipping hard towards like Spielberg eighties and nineties ET kids wonder films it's just and also jumanji and jumanji yeah (laughs) but it's all the high points yeah um of those things aesthetically said what if we took the awe of spielberg (laughs) but added dax shepherd to it (laughs) who who could look away um the kid in zathura does have an Interpol poster on his wall, though. To be clear, the band, not yeah. the the villainous organization from the film Hitman. Do Grace Scott working for Interpol? Yeah, looking or the uh, uh, the uh, sort of neutral organization from the International. <laughs> or, the International, directed by Tom Tickfer. Good movie. Uh, everyone seems to hate it when it when it came out. Yeah, but it it, uh, it it looks incredible. It it it's about how we should murder rich people. It's good. Uh, and, and like the the Mandalorian uh, is essentially oh, right. is essentially just TV of pointing at different bits of Star Wars and New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and be like, that's cool. Hey, what? Then well, Herzog's here now. Is, is, <laughs> no, okay. do, do, we, do we have legitimacy now? But that's also like, isn't it cool that Peter Cushing is a bad guy? What would that be like now? Oh, then Herzog or Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. Oh, I like it in the the J.J. Abrams film when someone's got a slightly fucked up lightsaber, like it reaching its apex with the Jungle Book and the Lion King, which are just pointing at other films, being like, "Remember, and what what if this movie that everyone already loves was twice as long and looked worse?" <laughs> yeah, but again, you know, like look, but 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 again, there's a lions. And, and like, Chef is genuinely just him being like, I love food. I love sandwiches. Check out this Cubano. Sofia Vergara, I'll pay you to make out with me. Yeah, it just, uh, yeah, it just has to hang there. <laughs> and so Cowboys vs. Aliens, like, the alien, like, almost every element in this is not bad. It is just that you have... Oh, he also did Elf. I like Elf. Oh, yeah, but Elf is, like... Yeah. Elf is someone going like, what are my favorite bits of Christmas films? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, Elf is good fun. Hmm. Um, and, and, and and just gluing them together and being like, come on, let's. Um, 
and, and like all the alien stuff is like the aliens have a secret pouch that opens to reveal scary little hands and it's so clearly which is like what is the point they have massive destroyer hands yeah yeah and like yeah but they like open this pouch and their stomach they're, they're little they're like quarter hands come out but yeah. also it exposes their heart it seems like a dumb uh, idea and it just definitely came from a conversation that was like oh we need something like we need something surprising like how the xenomorphs have another mm. mouth inside their mouth and, and, and like that is writ large like all like the opening you know big western vistas panning serene and then boom daniel craig pushes his head into shot just and matthew sh- liberty says no get out of the frame <laughs> Matthew Liberty, it looks great. Um, like, I mean, it, it does. It does, the, it does the cinematography. I don't think the effects look great, but I think the cinematography. Looks I, don't, great. I don't know. Like, like westerns are like the genre of looking at a landscape and be like, "Fuck, man!" But, <laughs> but like, even though it's Matthew Liberty, who is a great cinematographer, there were so many parts where there's like, there's like a vista, and I was like, "Fine, I get it. It's the land. Fuck yeah. off." We're like, <laughs> but that's also because you're. Not, but I think that like even in movies I don't like, like in 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 like Begotten, right? Which is a movie that I don't love and also looks like garbage. Yeah, but, like there was like one shot of like a big landscape and then like the sun, and we were both like, oh fuck, that rules. <laughs> that's right, it was. Like, it is. In, in, in this movie, which like the you know. I, I I don't know if they shot it on if they shot it on film or digital, but like oh they they used a it was good film stock for this like it doesn't it doesn't look like it was made in someone's fucking dishwasher, <laughs> but, but like still every time it was a, it was like a big landscape shot I was like sure yeah but uh, and like you- like if you want to see Matthew Liberty do some landscapes I don't know watch like Noah. <laughs> Like fuck yeah, yeah, uh, that was cool. But uh, yeah, it starts. We meet we we meet Daniel Craig. Uh, he's the most down and out. Someone has been down and out in the west. He's yeah. beaten. He's bruised. He's yeah. covered in muck. Some guys come on horses, and oh, he's, he's also got a big uh, alien bracelet thing on. Oh uh, yeah, what could that mean? It looks like some sort of manacle. Maybe he's escaped from like captivity. But because we know it's called yeah. cowboys and aliens, we know it's some alien shit. But yeah, he get he gets into a contretemps with these. Guys on horses, and he takes yeah. them out, and yeah, it's like these, these guys are all playing brothers in the movie, and they're all played by brothers in real life. I can't remember what their names are, but they're like, "Oh, look at here, who who's this? He's, look at that, look at that strange contraption on his wrist. Maybe he's escaped from the hoofscow." <laughs> but it is, and, and and like the fight, each shot is of a cool western stunt, yeah. Which I am sure that you could be like, "Oh, that is from." You know, Jail of Sierra Madre or whatever. Uh, and But you can just feel this sense, this wacky stack of iconography yeah. that, that has no sense of point of view. But there is one bit in this fight where Daniel Craig uh, just like leaps and tackles a guy off a horse. And you're like, okay, you got me. That's pretty yeah. good. And I'm sure that's great in whatever it's from. Yeah. You know, and, and that is just how I feel. For every element Sadly, of they this didn't film, steal the bit from Blazing Saddles where Mongo punches the horse in the face, and I just spend the whole film being like, "Oh, I'm sure this is cooler," and, and it, it is. We do not need to go through the story bit by bit. No, there, there's, there's aliens. Gu- they want gold. They're kidnapping people. They're, they're, Harrison Ford is a cattle baron who's racist. Yeah. Paul Dano's his drunk son. 
uh, Sam Rockwell's a, a bartender who's a coward. Yeah. Uh, Clancy Brown is a priest and a doctor. Yeah. Who's maybe drunk. Uh, there is uh, a lot of very incredibly well, like this film goes to incredible strain, creaking pains to include both the iconography of Native Americans, the Apache tribe specifically, mm. uh, as they are in Westerns, which is to say... Jumping a, around and chanting and like kidnapping people. Doing quote-unquote war cries and throwing... Mm. But then being like, no, it's a misunderstanding. These are noble warriors, the equals to us, which is just another step in the racism it is just yeah. like a step away it's the no it, it's so close to novel savagery uh and and like sometimes people d- uh olivia wilde is is there olivia wilding up. i like olivia wilde in a lot of stuff but like she's just like nothing here i and like just, she, she's she's given nothing to do but also the stuff yeah. that she is given to do she's not interesting while doing well and it's because she's playing a type and they're all playing types yeah. and like the best <laughs> And, and, like the best moment of the film the one time we both had any kind of direct reaction to it is in the last 50 seconds of the movie yeah. uh, uh harrison ford's talking to his son paul dano who's and, like good now because yeah. he got kidnapped by aliens and now he's now he's like a good person yeah and, and he says i need a new checkbook can you get one from the bank and can you tell them because his name is of course dollar hide yeah because he's the great red dragon absolutely um uh and he goes like can you get this new checkbook to say Dollar Hyde and Sons. And, and Paul Dana's response is just the sudden break into like mumblecore naturalism mm-hmm. where he just goes, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, Oh, yeah, there's life. Yeah. When you have a type and you play into it so much and then you crack it and there's life. And it is just like putting that in a film where like Daniel Craig just tries valiantly to be like, Oh, my wife was kidnapped by aliens and so I had to join a blah, blah, gang. And like there are so many scenes of like you can see the veins popping in daniel craig's neck as aliens experiment on him and i'm like this is just not worth the calories daniel yeah like i'm sorry like daniel craig great actor love him and stuff yeah but like do, doing modern day westerns you have to have such a fucking good take on it to make it even worthwhile and and, and like because like most of the time it's just not worth doing like yeah. there, there was a movie from like six or seven years ago uh 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 uh, which I cannot remember the name of, but like it was, it, it was about it was how a, there are a million ways to die in the West. Yeah, it was a movie about how uh, <laughs> it was about what if there was a sausage party. <laughs> it was like there was this guy, and he was forgiven, and you thought, no way, what if he wasn't? <laughs> can I tell you just just while you look it up on your phone? Uh, can I tell you my best tweet recently that I think you'll like? Sure. Okay, uh, and it's in quotes. It's it's a movie executive. Guys, love the film, love the cut. No major changes, but we need to talk about the title. We're worried that it's not clear enough that this gore man is a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got anything on that? There was a movie from 2013 called The Salvation. Sorry, Mads Mikkelsen, Eva Green, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It's a Western movie. Yeah. Mads Mikkelsen is a, like, is a rancher whose family is killed. Uh, e- and, e- and he decides to get drunk every day. <laughs> yeah. And he... <laughs> yeah, you keep yeah, going yeah. then. And, and, uh, and, and, and Eva Green is like this, this kind of like mysterious woman with a tragic past. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan's the like scenery chewing bad guy. 
and like that's an incredible like top three cast for for for, 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 for like a modern western movie. Yeah, and it's ju- like there there is just. But they're just like we'll just do a western movie. There are zero subversions on anything. It is it's just like doing all the cliches of a genre, and it comes out super fucking boring. Even though that's like the idea of of a western movie with that cast is fantastic. Well, and there's no pure western because the pure western is an invocation of um abhorrent ideology and and to be clear that that that's not me on my kind of angry socialist turret saying america is a is a banana republic it is just like no you have to look at the things that built that idea of your past and yeah. recognize that all of them are doing that to repress people look maybe your destiny wasn't so manifest after all yeah or maybe your destiny too the video game yeah or maybe your de- or maybe your destiny's Child, I don't know. Who cares? I mean, Beyonce. No, no, the other ones do. (laughs) Michelle. Yeah. Mm, mm, And, oh, I want to say, for some reason, for some reason, the name in my mind is Carrie Mulligan. That's that's incorrect. (laughs) Carrie Mulligan was at no no, point in Destiny's Child. No, no, no. no, Even though she does sing in the movie Shame, she sings a version of uh, New York, New York. It's quite nice. No, did you, did you not see recently that Beyonce <laughs> announced that after seeing Promising Young Woman, a flawless film <laughs> made by visionary director Emerald Fennell. Fennell, apparently. Oh. Um, uh, where, which is not just simply a, a very good film with a very distinct point of view that should be encouraged to to build stronger work in the future. No, it, no, no. The fact that that movie wasn't immediately canonized <laughs> is an act of misogyny from everyone. Uh, 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 but also so, uh, uh, and that's why we need long threads about how it's literally the worst film ever, which is just like, I understand people have different points of view, but you look at being like, there are just so many, I've just seen so many people being like, how dare promising young woman. This is not my experience of being an abuse victim. And it's like, no, it's someone it, like, okay, <laughs> you're right. Well, uh, yeah. Oh, yep. That is art, <laughs> you know? That, that doesn't mean you have to like it. That doesn't, anyway. Um, uh, but no, Beyonce saw a promising young woman and, and saw that Carrie Mulligan is just such a girl boss in that film that they kicked Deirdre off Destiny's <laughs> Child. <laughs> and and, and said, hey, hey, Deirdre, yeah. you're on Destiny's Child. You're at to Destiny's <laughs> Church and pray to be back in this band. Yeah. So yeah, the cowboys fight the aliens. Uh, some of them die, mainly non-white ones, uh, and uh, the good guys win. And uh, Olivia Wilde blows up. Yeah, um, and, and the film ends. Turns out she's a good alien. And yeah, whatever. All, all the good Western bits are from good other Western bits, and all the alien bits are from other good alien action stuff. And it it's antiseptic, boring, takes itself incredibly seriously. Yeah, when like you see the title Cowboys and Aliens, and you're like. It feels like what I want from this, especially from John Favreau and this cast, yeah, is like a snakes on a plane. Like one of the cowboys is an alien in disguise yeah. and keeps having to like tuck his antennae under a cowboy hat. You, you want Harrison Ford bring his like morning glory energy? <laughs> well, what's a movie where he, where he does jokes? Oh, uh, there uh, in Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, uh, Charles LeBeouf says, uh, I thought you were a professor and, and <laughs> Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones goes part time. Yeah. 
I mean, I think, I mean, I think, I think his his delivery in that moment is better than you than you than you just gave it. Well, but but we like by one or two percent. Mm. Um, and, and it is just antiseptic and boring, and yeah. it, 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 it it's one of those films where uh, a comic was rushed out so they can say it was based on a comic or like a comic was released as essentially an unofficial pitch for the film. Yeah. It's like they're, 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 they're kind of indistinguishable as units. It's, it's standard unit of entertainment. Almost all of the special effects, are, uh, you know, you go into your computer console and go like run S exclamation mark, 2001 superhero action special effects. Like there's, blue beams shooting into the sky. There's uh, just explosions and it is just exactly what you think it is and much less. Yeah. Um, it's dry as balls. It's does not like it kicks a little ass, but it's not fun enough. Um, and it is like, it makes me think about Spielberg because Spielberg's thing, right? Is that he's, like always so on the pulse of what like families want and his films always end up like the thing of watching Jurassic Park or, or E.T. or Jaws now is you're like, this is like a greatest hits of film filmmaking from this era. Yeah. Um, to the point where it feels almost sarcastic and you're like, no, it doesn't feel antiseptic because part of it is that although they become part of the Lepsicon, like part of, he very rarely invents something, but he often perfects something. Yeah. And part of his perfecting something is to tell exactly the right story to get through all of those points, um, uh, to travel through that, you know, that, uh, through all those scenes and moments. And in this, it is like the opposite where it is someone going like, what are, what are all the cool things? What are the things I like? Let's just put them in a pile. And there is no sense of a whole, about them yeah or or creative gesture like you at the end like made- what 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 john favreau should have done is he should have had more of the like chef energy making this he should have been like let's have some scenes out sandwiches well just a point like yeah. towards the end you said this is a film about um white americans and native americans coming together to fight the enemy mexicans and like that is absolutely not the intention of the film uh the mexican war is alluded to several times and and, and there are several uh, uh mexican characters but you're like like that's as good a reading as there fucking is yeah because otherwise the theme of this is like would it not be cool if a cowboy fought, fought an alien and i mean you watch the movie and you're like oh it would not be cool no but like like just just anything, anything other than yourself. When, yeah. when I when I was uh, respected in in the theatre last decade, last millennium, um, uh, when I, when I'd go and I'd tell classes how to make theatre, I said the one reason you can make something for almost any reason, but the only reason you shouldn't make something, no, the only reason that's not good enough to make something is because it's cool. There are loads of things that can be cool. Mm but you can't make something just to be cool. And John Favreau's work exists to be cool. Yep. And it exists to churn through just other ideas. And I, and like, and, and, and that's why accident man is the worst of the Scott Adkins, Jesse V Johnson collaborations. <laughs> yes. 
because that's the only one where Scott Adkins' character is supposed to be cool, and there's just like he brings nothing else to the table in that movie except a very like reductive and irritating idea of what cool is. Such a bummer that movie didn't turn out great. Um, so it's a movie about Scott Adkins as a hitman whose whole thing is to like kill people in a way that it looks like accidents or suicide. That's a fuck. I love that idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, shit. So it's Hitman, the video game. Yeah, it's a video game. And so, yeah, shite is what I'm saying. Yeah, shite. And it just, it feels antiseptic and boring. And it, you know when you're playing a first-person shooter and you miss, like, the obvious switch on the wall to open the door into the next section? Yeah. And so you end up spending, like, ten minutes going through the area. Everyone's dead. Yeah, and if, if, just, if, you're, if you're ContraPoints playing uh, Portal 2 <laughs> and, and, and you're it, spending 15 minutes walking around a room where you're one step away from completing the puzzle... Just saying, yeah. okay, big brain time, big brain time. Yeah. And there's me, then you cut uh, thousands of miles away to me, sitting at my computer, two weeks later, watching the watching the recorded live stream, just screaming, fuck you, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you, it's there, it's there. Um, but, but like, you've had that experience in video games. Yeah, yeah. And, and what it does is when I'm walking through these kind of empty simulated temples to violence, where, where all reason is gone and you're just an empty architecture looking for the trick to tell the system to let you through to do more destruction, is that I always feel a quite philosophical, hollow, echoing disquiet. Uh, and that is the same feeling I got from Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, it's shite. I think there is an interesting comparison to be made, not between the films, but between Howard Hawks and John Favreau as directors. And they are both, um, is that uh, Jean Favreau and Howard Hawks are the kind of key auteurs in many ways uh, of their eras of cinema. Uh, Favreau defined both the superhero and Disney remake aesthetic, which yeah. are the two kinds of films that exist now. Yep. Uh, and Howard Hawks uh, kind of worked as a journeyman through all these genres, but like musical, noir, screwball comedy, Western. Yeah. And I think a couple of war films, maybe. And they're like yeah, the things. Yeah, he made a film about Cary Grant, uh, well, I was a male <laughs> war bride. That's right, of course. Yeah. Uh, and and the and this is not me saying that they are bad, but what they are is they are the mean. They 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 succeeded so much because they made the perfectly average films that audiences wanted. And, uh, I I I I wish for Big Sleep was the mean of of noir films. Uh, okay, but like, okay, maybe not. If we're grading on, uh, you, uh, do you understand yeah, what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, it's I, like, I, I, I know what you mean, but I think you, you are sort of like underselling Hawks. Cause like, cause like there, there is a lot of very boring, very shitty noir. And, and like, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Go yeah. on Netflix. There is a lot of very boring, very shitty post Iron Man superhero yeah. films. Yeah. Uh, uh, and like, it, like within films that actually get released and people see, uh, and that their auteurism isn't an auteurism uh, of point of view or interest. It is about looking at the cultural landscape and going like, oh, what do people like? I will do that. Yeah. And that I respect as a piece of work ethic and as, um, uh, 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 as a way to be industrious. But it also, this like it just strikes me as just profoundly incurious and that, that I feel like there are so many people, uh, there are so many voices creatively 
that have managed to do all of those things. Spielberg uh, is is like the the poppiest of corn directors. Yeah, but like for good or ill, you you know, like there are so many like Super Eight proves you can't just make a Spielberg film yeah. as much as you may want. And, and Warhorse also proves that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's the point I wanted to make. Mm. I, and. I, I think in that comparison, neither of them should... I think they should both be flattered by that comparison, but I do think it means that they are, film, they are, they are filmmakers who are more important and interesting than their films actually are. So would you like to hear someone who disagrees with you about, uh, about Cowboys versus Aliens? Cow- fuck, Cowboys and Aliens? <laughs> oh, how the <laughs> turntables... <laughs> Um, got him. Um, you can't. Finn's face there's, is. There's no coming back from this. It's flushed berry brown. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. What? Uh, yes, Finn. So this is a five star review of Cowboys and Aliens. Okay. From Letterboxd user uh, Silver Black. This is from 30 days ago. Wow. Of night? No. Well, I mean, Daylight Savings Time was in there. So no, I would. Anyway. Uh, Good joke, Youth. It's uh, very hard to find five star reviews of this movie that are not uh, uh, jokes. This one, I think, is genuine. Uh, and and, and uh, to find low star, low reviews of Rio Bravo that are not simply people being like, "This is sexist, boring, and racist," it um, is is the same. Yeah. So uh, this review says a uh, good story and perfect combination of Craig and Ford. Now. Uh, I disagree with that. As you said earlier, uh, Harrison Ford's really phoning it in here. Yeah, no, Har- like, this is... N- this is... Like, th- th- this movie is like that tweet from, uh, from like, two days ago about uh, the, the guy being annoyed that the, the Mortal Kombat movie's going to be too short. Because, like, you see that tweet? No. There, there, there was a guy who posted with the, like, the running time of the new Mortal Kombat movie, and, and so it was only... An, it's, it's, it's a mere hour and 50 minutes... And he said, I can't believe this. This is so upsetting. I can't believe that they're not giving enough time to this movie to truly flesh out the characters. This isn't Godzilla versus Kong. The characters in Mortal Kombat truly matter. I, I just think it's very important. I understand there's a pandemic, and and, and so people are trapped inside their own minds yeah. and, and within the extension of our own minds that is the internet. But I think it, it is very, very important for almost you know, every human engaged in the discourse to both stop and not. Yep. Go outside, touch grass if you can. Yeah, like, it's not so much that Harrison Ford is phoning this in. He's, like, telegraphing it in. <laughs> it's like, he's he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm present. I'm getting money to do I'm this. A, I'm a cattle baron. I'm going to say some racist stuff. And then I'm going to yeah. learn not to be racist anymore. Well, and, and then, because the, the, a Native American, no, the, uh, um, he has a Mexican. No, there's a Native it, American. Well, so yeah. he, he, he has a guy who works from who's, ju- who's absolute- Mexican but was adopted by, by the by, That's by right. And then his parents. But blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, and good story. Like, I, with the possible exception of Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, I don't think there's a good story out there where the title is technically a spoiler. Uh, I mean, Death of a Salesman. <laughs> we Bought a Zoo. Alien Resurrection. Not John Dies at the End. Grave of the Fireflies. 
Harry Potter <laughs> and the controversial blog post. Would you like to guess what Silver Black's uh, top four movies on Letterboxd are? Is one of them Cowboys and uh, Aliens? No. Uh, this is a person who uh, seems to almost entirely give uh, five stars. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, they just want the reviews to be seen. No, no, no. I... I I think they're just one of those people who. Uh, so I mean, I do. I only so, like or not like. Yeah. So you know? their, their 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 most recent. I'll, I'll do. Their, I'll tell you what their most recent movies are. These are all five stars. London has fallen, starring Gerard Butler. These are their top four. No, no. They, 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 these are this is their recent activity. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Been, been, you you judging uh, from this. Yeah, London has fallen, starring Gerard Butler. Ben Hur. The the original, not the 2010s remake. Die Hard, Star Wars. Those are all those are their four reasons. Those are all five star movies. Yeah. So their top four. Uh, one of them is directed by the same director as Super Eight. Uh, Force Awakens. No. Uh, Mission Impossible Three. No. Think Star Trek. Think lower quality. The Alias finale. No. Mm. Um, into got, Darkness. Yeah. Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. Like not even Benedict Cumberbatch is in. No, there, that's yeah. Uh, their, their their second film is a Michael Bay production. Oh, uh, t- the Teenage Mutant is he directed he, it? He directed it. Uh, Pain and Gain. No, uh, is it a fans traumas? Is it a what? Oh, Bad Boys Two. No, Transformers. No, um, Chem film none of the no trans- less memorable. <laughs> I. What 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 is the most yeah. anonymous Michael Bay film? Um, is Sean Connery in it? No. Uh, okay. Two big stars. Oh uh, yeah, with uh yeah yeah the island. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck, that's right. Yeah. So then uh, the 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 third film on the list is uh, uh is a film I've pitched uh, doing on an episode of this podcast. Okay. Uh, is it? You got to give me more than uh, that. Uh, uh, it is made by my least favorite major director. Uh, works a lot with Mark Wahlberg. This is not uh, Wahlberg. Ah, uh, I do not know. I because all I know is Mark Twenty Two. Is it that? It's that I director. Thought, uh, yeah, I don't know his other. I don't know. Uh, Battleship. Ah, uh, and then, uh, then uh, his final film is a horror film. Okay, uh, it's being covered on the Flophouse podcast. Okay, and in supporting roles, it stars everyone's comedy favorites, uh, Joel McHale and Olivia Munn. But it's a horror movie. Spy Kids Four, no. Uh, the uh, the the first build person is uh, a a former Hulk. Uh, you Lou Ferrino. <laughs> uh, I think Eric the, ba- Eric yeah. Bannerfell. Yeah. Is it Ouija? No. Is it? I should know. I love Banner. Do you know what my favorite mm. of Eric Banner's roles is? Uh, the Dry. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uther Pendragon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> me. He played me. Yeah. Him. Anthony Stewart head. Me, 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 me. <laughs> then I stick my hand on someone, they transform into me, and they say, me too. And then um, the the score, and then yeah. Neo pulls a metal thing out of the ground with a bit of concrete on the end, and it's boom, swinging it, and it, fuck it. Yeah, and one, so one, one of the substitute teachers at my high school was was one of uh, uh, was one of the body doubles in that scene. Wow. Yeah, if you look in the background, uh, a lot of those people are pretty obviously not Hugo Weaving, mm. you know. Um, 
Uh, do I guess it? No. No, okay. It is called uh, Deliver, uh, Deliver Us From Evil. Oh, yeah, I would never yeah. have gotten that. It's a movie no one remembers. Um, it's a movie where uh, where a bunch of Iraq war veterans found a magic cave while they were in Iraq, and that gave them, uh, they all got like possessed by demons, and then Eric Barner, who's a police officer, uh, who uh, feels sad because he I beat Peter Paul to death in the street. I'm experiencing a real inner darkness. <laughs> uh, he has to uh, track them down, and Joel McHale, his partner, is murdered so uh, by one of the demons, so he has to team up. With uh, uh, with a with a cool priest called Mendoza, played by Edgar Ramirez. Ah, yeah, from uh, the Born from Ultimatum. Yeah, and um, the the other one, the uh, from uh, the five hour long Olivia Isaias movie, uh, Carlos. Oh, the Jackal film. Yeah, which well, the second best Jackal film, the other being that footage of Alice and Jenny lip syncing to the Jackal. <laughs> yes. Riddle me that. Uh, okay. Hello, it's Sam. Oh, hello. We've got someone on the line. Hi, yeah, it's me, the, the Riddler. Uh, I just wanted to ask Finn. Finn, riddle me this. What are you two watching next week? Uh, next week, we are watching Robert Brisson's Pickpocket. Mm-hmm. This is the second of three or four uh, Robert Brisson movies we are doing. And with it, we are doing a movie that is either... Uh, also called Pickpocket, or sometimes called Lucy's. Uh, I know nothing about this movie, apart from the fact that uh, it is called Pickpocket, and it's available for a 99-cent rental on the iTunes store. Ah, a film with two titles. Quite the riddle that really tickles me, the Riddler. Lovely to talk to you. Bye, Finn. See you later. Bye, you, sir. Bye. Okay, bye. This is the Riddler. Oh, and Batman, if you're listening, you'll never catch me. Somehow that was... Somehow that was the the least aggressive call we've ever had was the guy who kidnaps people and puts on the elaborate <laughs> elaborate riddle pranks. Finn. Finn. Yes. Where can people find you? Uh who cares? <laughs> you you can find the show on Twitter at uh, shitesoundpod or you can email us at uh, shitesoundpod at gmail.com check out our website at shitesoundpod.com if you want to see what I'm up to which uh, please do I'm youthalives uh, on Twitter I mean Facebook but don't use Facebook and I mean don't use Twitter I'll also Instagram don't use Instagram uh, and sign up for my newsletter which is uh, called the Dean's List it's at bit.ly slash youthalives our theme song is the Nux by Kazam Blame. You check him out on Bandcamp. Hey, and if you like the show, uh, share and enjoy. Tell yeah. your friends, um, tweet at us, uh, uh, etc. Movies are good. Even bad ones. Go, Go watch them.
I also believe there's an interesting conversation to be had in the comparison of one Howard Hawks, not Howard Hughes. <laughs> Howard Hawks, not Howard Hawks. Howard Hughes, gotcha. It's Howard Hawks. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Can I tell you, I genuinely was like, this could be the frame for the whole episode. <laughs> Could do this for the whole, the whole episode. Absolutely not. We would get to one point. No. There's no. It's, no, it's not. Like, that, that, like that, that's a character who, who could only speak in digressions. Yeah. It's no, yeah. It's, I, but it's like being inside. It's like being inside like a virus. Yeah. It's like, no, just get to the point. No, holy shit. Is this what possessed people feel? Anywho, I, no, I think there's a comparison to be made between Howard Hawks and John Favreau. It's they are both... The, Kind of the major auteurs of their their era's mainstream cinema, and yet uh, Leonard Maltin, I believe, who is our local brewer, Leonard Maltin's malt whiskey, sure roots you got like the best gut right. Uh, two doors down, the other two doors. <laughs> no, it's just one house. Got about ten people living in there. Oh, li- you living in America right now, things are very expensive, and there's no for people in need to go and I hope that that will change in the future and let me just check my time machine and take a big drink of coffee anywho that's <laughs> digression Leonard Martin said that Howard Hawks was the most versatile and best director that no one that you did not know his name and I think that they are both major auteurs and somewhat anonymous uh, and uh, and they I think there's a lot to unpack there. And uh, I think it just leaves me to see, as I do at the end of my digressions. Hello and welcome to Shot and Sound. It's a film movie, film podcast (laughs) (laughs) where me and my cowpoke. (laughs) No, okay, this is gone. Sorry, that bit's gone. Great. I just hey, we're done I, now. No, the show's like, starting. Uh, this is like uh, we're, when David Tennant <laughs> is spending years running away from his coming regeneration into a Matthew Smith, <laughs> and, and, and his final line, of course, being "I don't want to go." Yeah. Like I can feel myself. I do not want to know you. Sir. Don't yep. take and, me and, out and, of this voice. And, you know, I don't want to die. This is my one moment in the light. Oh, maybe I can return for future cowboy films. Oh, the searches. That'd be a good one to talk about. Searching for something to search with the searches. Something to talk yep. about John and, Ford. And there. much like uh, David Tins regeneration to, into Matt Smith, uh, this comes at the end of uh, like an hour and a half of nonsense. <laughs> oh, dear. It was like two hours. Oh, you're counting both parts of the two-parter. Yeah. Um, complete story yeah. there. It's, yeah. The end of time parts one and two. Yeah, I've got the DVD. Big fan. Like it a lot. It's fun. It's got got a great Bernard Cribbins performance. Bernard, 
Bernard. Bernard. Bernard Cribbins. I can, I, I can never remember if someone's Bernard or Bernard. I just asked him a lot of time thinking about Bernard Cribbins, as I believe he is the person who has played the most prominent roles in the most forms of Doctor Who media. Because, mm-hmm. of course, we know his cameo in the book The Tomorrow Windows, which is well, clearly fictional, but he played a glam rock singer in the horror of glam rock on BBC Seven Audio. He, no, okay, no, no, that is, it is too much. So it just behooves me to say, and that's my intro. Um, hi, you, I've been, I can't, why was I locked in? Who's, what's that? Ah, I have possessed your body. <laughs> no, 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 See, it was like, it was me trying to stay alive. I was thinking about, I was going to possess your body and we were going to have to battle for control. Anyway, uh, now do your intro film. For the second time. Yeah, well, uh, do you want to use the bad recording, punk? Do you want to? I mean, it'd save us like two minutes. <laughs> See, now the uh, fan's not talking. I feel like I can just riff nope, and rap. Back. Hey! <laughs> no. no. It's me! No! I, I think there is an interesting comparison to be made between these films, but I think it is less to do with the films. I think it is because I think John Hawkes and Jean Favreau. Howard, Howard Hawkes. Oh, do I call him John Hawkes? Yeah. Oh, like the actor. Uh, not John. Yeah, or not, like John Ford or like John Favreau. Yeah. <laughs> too so many Johns. I think there is an interesting comparison to be made. Not between the films, but between Howard Hawks and John Favreau as directors, and they are both. Zaren's going to go back and say, uh, "Too many Johns" is the name of my new movie about a really busy sex worker. Ha ha ha! Great. Yeah, no, there's yeah, a yeah, there's yeah. a pause for laughter. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, no, let's leave a longer pause. It was a pretty good, <laughs> okay. pretty good joke the okay. third time I got it out. Uh, this is good, but are you? Done? I'm asking the listener. Okay. No, there's Chuck. There's a. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting a standing ovation. <laughs> oh, oh, thank, thank you so much. Uh, um, uh, oh, it was just one of you. 